listening to a podcast from St. Benedict's Table, a congregation of the Anglican Church of Canada, located in Winnipeg, Manitoba. May only truth be spoken and only truth received. Amen. Mark's brief account of the healing of the blind man crystallizes one of the key questions that courses through all of the gospel narratives. Who is truly blind? One level, the answer is simple, straightforward. It's Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, a blind beggar who sat by the roadside in Jericho. At another level, though, Bartimaeus is shown as seeing in a way that all kinds of other ostensibly sighted people simply do not watch. I think it's not insignificant that Mark makes note of the blind man's name. He names him very intentionally. He is Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus. Now, Bartimaeus isn't a given name, but rather it's the Aramaic equivalent of a surname. So Bar means son. There's a point in the gospel according to Matthew, for instance, when Jesus looks at Simon Peter and says to him, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, which in the original text is Simon Bar-Jonah. In our world, in other words, Peter's name would have been Simon Johnson, son of John. But here's the funny thing. Bar-Timaeus, son of Timaeus quite literally means the son of Timaeus, son of Timaeus, right? I mean, that's the way it's set up. So why is Mark so intent on marking this man's lineage, his name in both Aramaic and then in Greek? Well, I suspect it has something to do with the common assumption of their world that an affliction such as blindness was surely a punishment for some sort of sin or unrighteousness, either of that person or of their parents. You might recall there's the episode in the Gospel according to John in which Jesus comes across a man born blind and the disciples say to him, Rabbi, who sinned that this man is blind, he or his parents? Well, Jesus quickly says it has nothing to do with it, but that was the view of the day. So maybe Timaeus, the father, was well known as a rather bad character. So the name Bar Timaeus was all but spit out of the mouths of those who day by day passed by the blind man. That's his identity, you see. He's a beggar afflicted by blindness on account of his bad family. If that's the case then it makes real sense that when he calls out to Jesus, the people around him sternly ordered him to be quiet. He's being dismissed again, written off, pushed down, like a scapegoat. His presence on the side of the road serves a strange need in the community. No matter how badly my life is going, there's always that blind man, Bar Timaeus, to remind me it could be worse. On a good day, maybe I'll toss him some coins. I might. So Bartimaeus, shut up. 
But Bartimaeus is undaunted. His cry to Jesus, a sign that he can already see something the others can't. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me, he calls. And he's the only one in the whole of Mark's gospel to use that title for Jesus, son of David. It's a messianic title. And it connects Jesus of Nazareth to the very deepest hopes of Israel. Another one like David springing from that line who can save us and liberate us. Be quiet, blind man. There's nothing he'll do for you. But he only cries out all the more loudly, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. For all that those around him would have had the blind man simply passed by, pushed down yet again, Jesus, son of David, noticed. Jesus stood still and said, call him here. Funny thing, now instead of trying to shut him up, the people around Bartimaeus are suddenly on his side. Take heart, they say, get up, he's calling you. And isn't that a kind of a telling shift in opinion, the way attitudes change in groups so quickly to swing wildly from shut up to take heart. It's the kind of thing that groups, crowds do. And it gives the whole narrative this ring of authenticity. Bartimaeus doesn't hesitate. Casting aside his cloak, he sprang up and went to Jesus. In all likelihood, that cloak was one of the very few possessions that he owned. And in the heat of the day, he probably wasn't even wearing it. In all likelihood, it was spread on the ground, and he was sitting on it. And it was on that cloak that those occasional coins would be tossed. Yet he threw it aside, as if already aware that he wasn't going to need it again. And Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said, My teacher, let me see again. And Jesus said to him, Go, your faith has made you well. And immediately Bartimaeus regained his sight. Something he'd seen as the possibility from the moment he became aware that it was Jesus of Nazareth passing by. Now I want you to think about the episode that immediately precedes this one in Mark's narrative. It's the gospel reading that we had last Sunday. And that story begins with a request from James and John. Teacher, they'd said to Jesus, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. To which Jesus had replied, what is it that you want me to do for you? It's exactly the same wording as what Jesus says to Bartimaeus. What do you want me to do for you? Yet where Bartimaeus asks for restoration, let me see again, James and John had asked for privilege. Grant us to sit, one at your right hand and one at your left, in your glory. The blind man could see that he was standing in the presence of one who could grant him healing, restoration, and life. Yet for all the time that they'd spent listening and watching and experiencing Jesus, James and John selfishly asked for places of honor and privilege. So who is blind? 
Now consider the final detail in today's story, the story of the restoration of the site of Bartimaeus, and then the episode that immediately follows it. Jesus said to him, Go, your faith has made you well. Yet how does Bartimaeus respond to the restoration of his sight? Does he go? He regained his sight and he followed Jesus on the way. He doesn't go anywhere. He follows. And where will that following take him? Well, the very next chapter marks the movement to Jerusalem that we call Palm Sunday. His following takes him straight down the road to Jerusalem, in short, as Jesus is first celebrated with those famous words, Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our ancestor David. Hosanna. And then, within days, Jesus is vilified as an enemy of both state and temple. That's the way that Bartimaeus follows. And though his name doesn't again appear in the gospel texts, you have to think that his was one of the voices that sang out those words, Hosanna, blessed is the coming kingdom of our ancestor David. And you have to think too that he was among the followers who witnessed all of the events of those darkening days listening as Jesus famously confronted the scribes and the Pharisees as what? Blind guides, blind fools, whose religiosity was taking them far from where they most needed to be, was keeping them from seeing. So who is truly blind in the Gospels? Is it the sightless beggar at the side of the road who dares to cry out for help? Or is it the ones like the scribes and the Pharisees who make assumptions about their law-based righteousness? Or the ones like James and John who so utterly miss the point of everything Jesus has said and done that all they can think of is their own glorious privilege? Careful, these stories say. Be very careful in your assumptions about how this strange thing called grace is at work in the world. Careful in your assumptions, for you too might just be seeing the speck in your neighbor's eye, all the while remaining oblivious to the log in your own eye, as Jesus phrases it. Careful, too, how you regard those who have been deemed the outsiders, pushed down, cast aside, told to shut up. The scorned, those in our world who, like Bartimaeus, in their vulnerability, might just be able to see something we can't. In our comfort and our security, we can become blind. And so, where we are blind... Lord, let the scales fall from our eyes. That with Bartimaeus and others like him, we may learn to follow you on this way. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.
you've been listening to a podcast from St. Benedict's Table. For more information on the church or to offer your support for our ministries, visit us online at stbenedictstable.ca.